Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, ready, aim, test fire. It's a global sneak peek at Splatoon 2. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Hey Patrick, how's it going? Going good, Mark. How are you? Oh man, I'm good. Last night I stayed up later than I should have watching the finale of season two of Project Runway from like 2006 or seven. 2000 and end of sentence. (laughs) Pretty sure it's 2006. Uh, what what's got you going back through old seasons of? Have had you not seen it before? No, no. So I just recently started watching Project One Runway, uh-huh. and I was like on Hulu. They only have the Lifetime seasons, and before yeah. that, it started on Bravo. And so somebody I know let me borrow season one and season two, and it is a time capsule <laughs> <laughs> of both like regular fashion and like. TV production? Oh, absolutely. Who, uh, there's like no one I would recognize from, uh, uh, on that second season, right? Uh, have you watched any, um, RuPaul's Drag Race? Just a little bit. Okay. One of the j- j- judges from RuPaul's Drag Race. Sorry, it sounded like I was the... exasperated there. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was trying to think of like how much RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I got it. <laughs> and, he uh this guy named Santino Rice. Yeah, okay. Is a judge or was a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. And he was on season 2 of Project Runway. Kind of like the villain kind of played the villain role a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm pretty sure I've seen that season of Project Runway. I think I've seen all of them, uh not in their entirety, but just, you know, here and there. Absolutely. Um it's a good show. I I'm I obviously. It. <laughs> yeah. Uh weather report? Windy. Windy. Very windy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hear any like clanging in the background... It's because Patrick's apartment is haunted. It's because my apartment is haunted. We have a ghost. Um, he rattles the doors. Um, but I tell you what, he is uh, being put to shame by the wind, which rattles the doors much more than he ever did. Uh, but yes, it's windy. I, some would argue too windy. Yeah, I think when t- pre- tree branches are falling... Is that what's happening? I haven't been mm-hmm. outside in the last couple, <laughs> couple hours. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> Great. Mark, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah. A lot of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, me too. This weekend was the first time that I've, in a while, that I had like just a sustained chunk of time uh-huh. that I could dedicate to video games, and it was great. Um, have you made... Because I also, this last weekend, um, spent a lot of time playing Breath of the Wild. Um, I have made... No story progress. Nope, zero forward progress. Uh, Divine Beasts? Nope, none of them. I've encountered one. I haven't even ventured towards them. Like, w- there's the part where you get to- 
towards the Zora kingdom. Yeah. And there's all the Zora being like, go over there. Go over there. Go talk to the prince. Right. Haven't done it. <laughs> but I know that's where I'm supposed to go, which is great. Right. But I haven't ventured there yet. There is a shrine at the Zora city if you're just like knocking those out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll venture down there <laughs> okay, then. I, mean, I guess there's no reason I should feel this way because the game doesn't work like this apparently. But I'm so worried that if I like go there, I'm going to be like trapped into doing it. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, I'm not ready for that yet. So I don't want to get trapped into it. I mean, you. It, it is definitely not like that because I've. Uh, it, I also went um, that that divine beast first, um, and I encountered it, and um, me and the prince kind of took it on together. Um, but then it turns into the dungeon, and I was just like, nope, I'd rather keep running around the world forever. Uh, and I bounced right out of there. But when I am ready, I can just teleport back there and uh, do it. The thing I'm one thing I'm really enjoying is how the difficulty in the game is kind of unfolds as you push the limits. Yes. So there are some uh, like I don't like crafting systems in game. Like I, that's just not how I like to play. Yeah. And so I had avoided the cooking system mm-hmm. for a while at the beginning and just being like, oh, I'll like upgrade my stamina um, and things like that. Or like, I'll just get more hearts. But you realize where it's like, oh, there are these, this shrine that's way up there on the cliff. Yeah. And the only way I'm going to get there is if I use more of the game systems yes. to my benefit. Yeah. And, but if you're like, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. You just can't get to that shrine. You could still complete the game. Right, right. Well, I mean, presumably. I mean, the, the people have been beating the game in under an hour um, just by gliding to the central castle and fighting Ganon naked. <laughs> um, which I was about to say seems insane to me, but maybe the Ganon fight's really easy. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so what what are you... What are you doing if not um I mean who's to say? Yeah. Like me I too. do like I do shrines. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do a lot of shrines, but I'm also doing a bunch of side quests. Yeah. And side quests are sometimes like those shrine quests. I don't know if you've done any of those. I have not. I've heard tell of them, but um and then there's just like as more because there's still areas in the map that I haven't been to at all. Yeah. So as more of those areas open up, I'm like, oh, there's this island out there i want to try to get to that and see what the deal with that island is yeah uh, no, have, for, for me it's it's all been um a, a series of like oh what's that over there oh what's that over there and i just keep following points of interest points of genuine interest that i'm like i want to know what that is i want to see if there's more to it um i was playing the other day and i saw like a fireball fall from the sky into a Bokoblin enc- encampment, and I was like, "What just happened?" And like, you know, climbed up some mountains and like, got, you know, tagged it with my Sheikah slate, um, and then climbed over there. And like, it seemed like nothing had happened, but like, there were just smoldering remains of Bokoblins. It was awesome. <laughs> the, um, I, the my favorite thing I did this weekend was one of the labyrinths. Yeah. Have you encountered any of those yet? No. So I won't, I guess, like, spoil anything necessarily, but there are things called labyrinths. Okay, great. And I'll just leave it at that. All right. So So you can discover it yourself. David Bowie's in there. He sings you a little song, steals your uh, little brother? Oh, so you've already been spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Snipper Clips. Oh, yeah. 
how's that going? Uh, me and my boyfriend got it out again. Um, it's it's fun. I so we're doing the two player, and we just beat the second folder. Do you know is there another one, or we're about yeah. to beat the second folder? Is there another one after yes. that? So there is a third folder after. So the the second one is the eight bit one, right? Mm, no, I don't think so. Mm. So there might so there's a lot that <laughs> there might be a potentially. lot potentially. Um, yeah, Sarah and I uh just finished it um this weekend. Uh, love that game. It's so good. Oh yeah, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm uh. So we we finished the the regular levels and uh then tried out some of the there's like the the party levels and um there's another one that's like an attack mode where you're like playing games against each other, um, which are cute but kind of 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 limited fun. I would like to. I think we've talked about this before. Like to do the four player? <laughs> yeah, we should do it. We are capable of doing so. We are totally capable of doing it someday. One thing I really like about both Snipper Clips and it is apparent in Breath of the Wild as well is that there's no one right way to solve a puzzle most of the time. Yeah, how cool is that? That like two of the like big launch games for this thing have a very approach this however you want to um, aesthetic to them. It's very neat. Uh, I've we also played a little bit, or I played a little bit. I don't know if you did. Um, Super Mario Run. Yeah, I opened it up, saw the new characters. I think are just new colored Moshi- Yoshi's. Yeah, that's right. And I was just like, no, nope. nope. Uh, yeah. So uh, the new colored Yoshi's will attract the color of Toad that they are. So like the yellow Yoshi will attract more yellow Toads, which is a pretty cool mechanic. That's if you're running in Toad Rally. Yeah, if you're in Toad Rally. Um, but otherwise, they're exactly like Yoshi's. And Yoshi was always my least favorite of the the characters to play anyway. Um, in that, so like, I don't know. I I turned it. I downloaded it again. Um, played maybe two or three Toad rallies and was like, no, I don't, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I felt as well. Um, what else have you been playing? Well, we're both playing the Legend of Zelda, the original for NES. We are, in fact. And not this Thursday, uh-huh. but next Thursday, next Thursday will be the concluding episode of our play along part four dungeons seven, seven eight and nine, <laughs> which is the definitive end. That is the end of the game. Um, there will be no second quest, <laughs> but it's just really fun playing that game along with Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And you really do see how the, the DNA of the original Legend of Zelda bleeds into Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean, bo- both in terms of, like, uh, that thing you just said about the difficulty spike, or not the spike, but, like, the curve of it, that it's it's exactly as much as you want to engage with it. Like, that's how much the game pushes back. Um, it seems very much the same in both these games. And it's just cool that if you removed all the games in between, <laughs> you could see... Oh, yeah, I totally understand how they got from, like, Breath of the Wild just seems like, to my, in my mind, a th- 3D version, fully realized version of The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, they, if, if you saw just the original Zelda and just Breath of the Wild, you'd be like, oh, this is logically what would come 30 years later. It just, it's the trip in between that you wouldn't have been able to guess. <laughs> uh mark we got some we got it we got some debugging to do here well i mean first we should say we also played some of the splatoon oh yeah test fire that's right and, and we will get to uh that that'll be our topic for today 
Um, so when we get later in the episode, we will talk uh, about we, how we felt about it, how we got on uh, in the game, uh, any place that it failed us, and just sort of uh, you know what our expectations are for Splatoon and for like online gaming in general uh, is for the Switch. So. But for now, yes, debug. Let, let's debug. <laughs> Okay, so this first one isn't on us. We, no, no, no. I mean, some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are on us. Uh-huh. Um, but this first item, bye-bye, uh, Box Boy, or bye-bye, Box Boy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, did not come out this last week. Uh, was due out on the 3DS on the 23rd. Um, in North America. In North America. It's and, already out in Japan. Right. And it was supposed to come, and it did release in Europe on the 23rd. What is happening? <laughs> It just didn't come out. Um, and uh, Nintendo of America's tweet about it um, disappeared, right? They took it down. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark and I had actually originally intended on getting the game this weekend and talking about it for today's show. Um, but that's not happening. So Yeah, and it has no release date at this in North America at this point. Um, Polygon reached out to Nintendo about it, and they said... Uh, incorrect information about an upcoming game for Nintendo 3DS was posted on Nintendo of America's social media channels. Nintendo will provide additional updates once they inform, once the information has been corrected and confirmed. So I do remember when the release date for Bye Bye Box Boy in Europe was originally announced that it wasn't clear whether that included North America or not. Um, and I wonder if someone at uh, NOA was just like, Hey, is that us too? <laughs> like, are, are we also getting Box Boy? Uh, and just got too excited about it and tweeted it out, and we just don't, just don't have it. This is just one of those mystery things. Like, why? Yeah, what's going on? It's, <laughs> it's the same thing of like, oh, Snipper Clips. We find out the week before Switch comes out is going to be a launch title, right? Or like the Binding of Isaac gets pushed pushed back two weeks, like. What what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I I would be interested to know like the behind the scenes, like machinations. Yeah, that go in, into something like this because at this point it's out in Japan and Europe. Why isn't it out here? Great question. It doesn't seem like it'd be tough to localize, right? I don't. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, and then the the final point on on the debug here. Um, last week we talked about Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Now. You might be saying, huh? I thought you were talking about Donkey Kong Country Returns Tropical Freeze. That's because we said it like 30 times. <laughs> and titled the episode that. Yeah, that's right. Um, turns out the name of the game does not have Returns in it. Um, it just feels very much like part of the Returns franchise. It feels an awful lot like the, the previous game, which bore that title. So we made that mistake uh, over and over and over again, Mark. Let's get into the let's get into the news. So Super Mario Run launched on Android last week, and in an article published in Nikkei Asian Review, Nintendo President Tatsumi Kimishima is quoted as saying revenue from Super Mario Run quote did not meet our expectations, and he's talking about the uh, launch on iOS because right. it wasn't out on Android. Previously, and this is of course the um, buy it once, 
get the whole game model. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Fire Emblem Heroes is characterized as Nintendo's mobile cash cow because of the free to play, but actually pay to play really right pay, pay to keep playing yeah freemium model mm-hmm. uh a nintendo senior official is quoted as saying heroes is an outlier we honestly prefer the super mario run model uh weird we prefer the super mario run model what is it just like is that just a like player side um like perspective or like what what are they bring into because like i guess i prefer that um it makes the gameplay experience more pure i guess um but like they got to make money right yeah and also the animal crossing mobile title was supposed to be out at this point hmm. right it was supposed to be in the previous fiscal year yeah that's which right. will end in april and so to me that one makes the most sense to have the uh fire emblem heroes model right so i don't i don't know it'll be interesting to see what how the titles going forward yeah fall on that spectrum it would be very strange for animal crossing to be buy it once and and play the whole thing yeah i mean the game is begging for free you (laughs) know like i mean it's it's basically a like freemium with in-game currency game right now yeah yeah very strange uh Speaking of Super Mario Run, the Gold Goombas event is coming back March 30th through April 17th. Mark, do you know what that is? Yeah, so in certain levels, uh, new like Gold Goombas appear, and you mm. get bonus coins for uh, killing them uh, or in, for collecting them. Is, so is this in the, the tour mode or in the rally? In tour mode. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, they did it once before. I wasn't really playing Super Mario Run at that point, and I won't be playing it at this point. Wonderful. The Wii U version of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night has been officially canceled. A few weeks ago, there was the rumor mm-hmm. because Nintendo of Europe printed something that had Bloodstained listed for Switch. Uh, and now it's officially canceled and the Switch version is officially announced. Uh, Mark, inevitable, I would say. <laughs> yeah, that, especially since the game is not coming out till 2018. We will not be playing our Wii U's in 2018. Also, I think this game is running on Unreal Engine 4, which was not officially supported on there you go. the Wii U, so I bet this makes it much easier for them as well. Um, yeah. I mean, that it just... This, this, where the march of time, right? <laughs> like, there, there's no way... Uh, and no reason that this thing would come out on Wii U anymore. Exciting for me, though, because I don't own a Wii U, mm-hmm. and I like these. I mean, this is basically a Castlevania game. Right. In everything but name. So I'm excited to play it on my Switch. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, more games on that thing. Uh, also, what, like, the uh, perfect kind of game for the Switch? Like, that that's something that I'd be totally happy to play up on the TV, but also like take with me. And yeah, just, like, absolutely. Grind out. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, most of these games for the past 10 years at this point have been on mobile platform or right. on uh, handheld platforms. So it, it makes sense. Right. Uh, Dragon Quest 11 release date stream event is announced for April 11th in Japan. So the release date and some info, additional information is to be announced at that time. I'm going to guess that the that the release date is just going to be for Japan. But yeah, that tracks. That's still super exciting. 
we know it's coming this year sometime. And maybe we'll learn a little bit more about what exactly the Switch version is. Right. If it's closer to the, uh, the PS4 right. or the 3DS, 3DS version. Um, so did, do we uh, have a news item about this? The, uh, the size for LEGO City Undercover um, started like popping up on websites. Oh, no, we this, don't. We don't. Um, but it's, uh, it's coming in smaller than the PS4 version. Um, but larger than the 3DS version. So it, it, is it possible that there's some sort of third skew of, um, of, the, of the software that's coming out on just the Switch? I guess is, is, is the prevailing question. For LEGO City? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. I guess it's possible. Uh, and then like, it raises the question of, like, is that same thing true for, uh, for uh, Dragon Quest? Yeah, I guess it could be. I think also what might be happening is the uh, Lego City. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah. That that it'd be smaller on Switch. Yeah. Uh, So there's just some concern over like what version of the game of third party games is the Switch actually getting. Um, And uh, we will just have to wait and see. I mean, FIFA's in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, I think this is a question that we are going to have, that we're going, is going to be posed a lot. Uh, Atlas had an online stream presenting their 2017 lineup, and in it they announced Shin Megami Tensei Deep Strange Journey for the 3DS. It's an easier-to-play, refined version of the 2009 DS title, Shin Megami, ugh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey, but it adds, like, new demons and a new character named Alex and it releases this fall in Japan. Uh so that's a new Shimigami or a, a kind of remake re-release of a Shimigami Tensei game. Yeah, pretty much everything they announced was for the 3DS. Um so what what else do we have on here that they uh that they I I have kind of a hard time getting into a lot of these Atlas titles. Um I never played uh, any of the Persona games which I know were like kind of breakouts from there. Um, I played Catherine, which I liked. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any experience with the Shimigami Tensei games? Uh, I actually p- tried to get into Strange Journey. Oh, okay. And I found it difficult and almost impenetrable. So if this one is easier to play, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to get over the hurdle of opening up my 3DS. Yeah, it's a big hurdle, man. Also, we don't even know if these will come out in the West. Yeah. Uh, so they had previously announced, but we finally got a trailer and gameplay put it, footage for Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology. This is another 3DS remake of a DS title, Radiant Historia. Uh, Perfect Chronology offers a number of new features, uh, upgraded visuals, system upgrades, a full lineup of voice actors, a new character uh, named Nemesia. And a third history, quote, sub-history, in addition to the DS versions, two histories, standard history, and alternate history. That's a lot of histories. (laughs) Releasing June 29th in Japan. This is one where it says visual upgrades, but I think this is the one that people online are complaining about how it looks. Uh, It doesn't look bad to me. Um, What what are are they saying about it? Just like from the the character model like the drawings uh-huh. are redesigned oh okay. and the redesigns people don't like people as don't much like as the old change ones. Right? i mean pretty much yeah uh also announced that atrian 
Mystery Dungeon 2 is coming to the 3DS in Japan on August 31st. So lots of 3DS stuff if you're in Japan, in Japan. or have a Japanese 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and the, then the at the end of the Atlas live stream, the same Shimigami Tensei HD trailer from January was shown. So However, this is there the was one, one that was at the uh, the Switch event. I believe so. Okay. Yes, and but there was one additional scene, like an extremely brief look, uh, showing what appears to be a city in ruins or a city in the process of being destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting that there was that one, like minor addition, <laughs> just one little bit. They didn't want to. They didn't want to muddy the waters at uh, the the Switch event. Yeah, they didn't have anything else new to say about the switch game at this point hmm. but that's probably not coming out till 2018 at the earliest so makes sense to not talk about it that much right now yeah i mean it is a kind of a bummer that they've got like these three other games in the chamber before we can get to something on the switch um because as discussed i'm having a tough time uh caring about opening my 3ds um this next one i'm wondering if you tried it the neo geo games on switch can be played in vertical mode uh i have not tried that now would that just be for the like overhead like flying games like it doesn't no so it or at least from what it looked like it Uh was all of the neo geo games and it doesn't like fill the entire screen yeah it just like letterboxes it up at the top so there's lots of black on On the top top and and on the bottom but i i'm guessing they did it so that way so just like the screen rotates yeah i'm guessing they did it so you can kind of play it like a like arcade joystick and buttons if you wanted to right on like either side of it no 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 so you know how like the on an on an arcade cabinet the image is there and then there's like the joystick usually to the left and then like the four buttons and you could would kind of be able to do that very (laughs) tiny mark and i are both hunched over the table (laughs) right right yeah we look like t-rexes Um, that's interesting. I, how would you, I guess you just have to lay it flat. Yeah. The, I mean, I don't no think there's a lot it. of practical applications. It's just interesting that it's possible to do that. And hey, look, the Switch only has one kickstand. It doesn't have two. Nope. <laughs> so you can't, you can't change it that way. So nice try, Neo Geo. In a recently published interview with a Japanese magazine, Nintendo's, uh, Shinya Takahashi said Nintendo was preparing new, new ip one after another and if you have any complaints about how mark is pronouncing these japanese names you can mm-hmm. of course send emails to us at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com uh once we get through all the sonic porn we will <laughs> be sure to read them which means we will never read them because <laughs> there's there so much so much sonic <laughs> an endless amount he also said that there are titles in development that take advantage of the joy con and that there are some quote out of the box titles uh, any part of this excite you or I think it's trepidation? If, if it's true that they're doing a lot of new IP, that'll be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, Nintendo does a new IP. They're just not necessarily major IP, like Box Boy, for instance. Yeah, uh, like, like Box Boy. I mean, Splatoon was, until very recently, a new IP. Um, right, right. I mean, I think Splatoon and possibly ARMS yeah. are kind of the start of a new Nintendo in the sense that they were mm-hmm. made by younger developers uh, with a more, I guess, like, modern eye. Yeah, like a... a and and it, it shows, right? Like, 
um splatoon in particular is a a type of game that is popular now you know it's 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 less nintendo um like writing the book on like no here's how here's how a game happens you know here's how you explore a world in zelda or here's how you um traverse uh you know a side-scrolling level in mario they're sort of doing their own take on those sorts of things um so i mean it's it's nice just to see them like learning and applying lessons from elsewhere in the industry which you could argue that breath of the wild is too is kind of uh seeing what other people have done in open worlds and being like we can beat that yeah absolutely uh as for the stuff with the joy con and out of the box titles it's like obviously (laughs) <laughs> right like, like what else is nintendo that, going to say that that that's why you have the joy con <laughs> yeah it's like no of course we're not gonna we're not making anything that takes advantage of the joy con <laughs> we're just gonna make super metroid a couple <laughs> more times uh speaking of like no does Reggie says nintendo will have a big e3 this year showcasing games for the 3ds and switch and the only reason i'm pointing it on here is because it's not news now hold on a second <laughs> because this is the news section <laughs> <laughs> it would seem like not news. This would be the last place you would find that. It's not news. I mean, wh- again, like, what else is he going to say? Oh, man, we're going to have a real rough E3. Don't look forward to this. So I agree with you 100%. There's no way he's going to say we're going to have a rough e- for E3. Don't look forward to this. Um, but they were very upfront last year with the fact that they were only going to have uh, Breath of the Wild. That was a fairly last minute announcement, though. That's true. Because their plan up until, like, may was switch put the switch out (laughs) or at least as far as we know because obviously in order to like manufacture that booth and everything it would take a significant amount of time yeah so it's not like they just threw it together but i mean i think the thing to take away from this is that it's not going to just be a super mario odyssey booth right yeah like it's it is mark hey i totally agree with you it's not news But I think it is worth saying that, um, you know, what Nintendo did last year, we shouldn't expect to see that exact same thing again. All right. That's fair. <laughs> it's news, Mark. Uh, in real news, <laughs> Ninten- Nintendo of America last week released a statement regarding the widely reported Joy-Con disconnection issues. Which, just to jump in, have you, ex- you haven't experienced No, that not at all. Okay. Uh, they say it's not widespread and is the result of a manufacturing variation that has been addressed and fixed. Uh, if you are having problems, though, Nintendo encourages you to contact Nintendo support, and you'll be able to send in your Joy-Con for a simple fix. Manufacturing variation. Yeah, who knows what that means? It's not an error. <laughs> it's not a mistake. And it seems like the uh, uh, the fix that they're uh, applying is like a little piece of foam, a piece of conductive foam, yeah, something like that. And then apparently the newer Joy Cons that are going out that you can buy from like amazon or i mean when you see them right that they are just a tiny bit different yeah so they don't seem to be affected by the issue i mean it it would make sense that this was a, a a mistake that they have since uh identified and eliminated and will no longer be something that joy cons experience which uh, is good um you know i i never encountered one of these i didn't actually know anyone personally that was affected by it. Um, Do you know anyone personally who owns a Switch? I mean, I know you. <laughs> Great point. I know you personally. <laughs> I think I know myself. <laughs> can, can a man really know himself? No, absolutely not. Not in this world. 
there was a small Switch system update that just went live a little bit ago today, which is Monday. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, if you're listening to this at release. And of course you are. Obviously. Because you are going to rate and review us and uh, tell your friends about mm-hmm. it and subscribe. And you do that all on Tuesday. Right. Uh, no new features, just a system stability update. Uh, I downloaded it just before you got here. I haven't downloaded it yet. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't run into any bugs that I can tell or see. Yeah. One thing that I'm not related to this update, but I'm just generally super uh, jazzed about is how quickly it comes back from sleep. Oh, my God. It's so good. Like, it, it just... Yeah, you you sit down and you're like you push the button to like wake up your controller and like you're in Zelda. It's it happens immediately. Yeah. Um and I I think a lot of that is that uh this thing just defaults to going back to sleep instead of like powering down. But I just don't know how they do that and also balance the battery life. Great question. Who knows? Uh Minecraft story mode the complete adventure is going to be $10 more on Switch than on any other platform including the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So it's 40 on Switch versus 30 everywhere else. And we talked about this last uh like in the past with Rhyme that indie game yeah that is going to be more on Switch and I it'll be interesting to see if this is, becomes a larger trend going forward where we see it happen a lot. I guess m- one of my questions related to this is What's with $30 games? It seems like a weird price point. Well, I think the story, like the Minecraft story mode complete collection is just a compilation of Telltale's Right, like the five episodes, episodes of yeah, it. Yeah, so I think it's not going to be priced at like full price. Yeah, sure. Um, but I mean, ditto with Rhyme, like $30 is a weird price point. I kind of like it. I like, I mean, it's pretty much clearly staking out this is a mid-tier game. Yeah. In a way, and like, and that's not a knock on Rhyme or anything. You know, it's just saying, hey, have, like, these are the expectations you should have going in versus, like, a $60 title. It's just interesting because I I feel like $40 is a a price point that is, that sort of takes that uh, independent developer but big game, like The Witness was $40. Um, I don't know. That that seems like a. I have one example. <laughs> no, but it's true. You don't. I feel like you don't generally see twenty nine ninety nine games that often. You see nineteen ninety nine very often, yep. and you see thirty nine ninety nine. You know, like twenty and forty, right? And sixty, twenty forty and sixty. But you rarely see right. that thirty. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, with the odd fifties in there too. Like one two switch was fifty bucks. Was was Bomberman sixty dollars? I think it was even? fifty. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it just, uh, I don't know where this $30 price point is coming from. Uh, and well, don't know where it's 40 on Switch, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's got to just be, um, cost a little bit more to put your stuff on Nintendo, and they're passing that. Probably the, I mean, I guess maybe the cartridge price. Yeah. Or, you know, the game cart price. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just, yeah, because how many people are going to be producing those game carts? Um, the one supplier Nintendo's got and nobody else. Yeah, so it makes sense that the Wii U would be $10 cheaper because it's just a standard DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, sad note, the DSi shops end is near. On March 31st, the ability to purchase content on the store will end, and Nintendo closed off the ability to add DSi points last September. Well, 
We're, d- we're done with the DSi shop. <laughs> wow. That's that like, was a good run. It's like two generations of portable back at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you're still able to re-download games if you want to. Oh, after even, the even 31st. after the store goes away? I think it's just purchases. Mm-hmm. And then I think the re-downloads will end sometime in the future as well. So I don't think I bought anything on the DSi store and I don't own a DS to find out. Yeah. Okay, but you can play uh, DSi games, DSiWare, as it were, on the 3DS, right? Can you? I know that there's a way to oh, access right. that data. Yeah. I wonder if you have to transfer. Sure. I don't know if you can download them from the eShop. We'll never know. We will never know. We'll never know. <laughs> also, the 3DS was released six years ago today slash yesterday. Oh, so I guess when I was saying that was... Uh, three generations of handheld back it was only six years ago which is crazy yeah um six years wow that seems like such a short generation or such a short time that 3ds has been out well i mean i guess when you think about it and please let's think about it (laughs) (laughs) no now i refuse all right great uh new releases (laughs) uh has been (laughs) heroes comes out on march 28th for the switch for 19.99 in North America. Um that's Tuesday, the day of release, the day that this podcast is released, the day <laughs> you're listening to it, of the course. Day you're telling your friends about it. Snake Pass is also coming out. Subscribing, rating and reviewing us on iTunes for 19.99. And uh hey, there's a Wii U title. Cube Life Pixel Action Heroes is coming out on Thursday, March nope. 30th. Nope. It's like a Minecraft looking uh multiplayer zombie shooter nope and pocket rumble was supposed to come out in march i'm a little bit heartbroken about this it's still listed as march on nintendo's website but thursday would have been the last day it could have been released and still be released in march and today the developers on twitter announced that they can't comment on a release date at this time Cannot comment on a release. This is sounds just some, like, like some box boy nonsense to me. This is some box boy nonsense. I want comments on release dates. I yeah, it's so again. I w- am curious what happened. Yeah, like just not ready. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Hopefully, I, I, hopefully, it'll be coming soon. I didn't. Maybe they want to like get out of the way of the other uh, Neo Geo games. Like, it's not actually a Neo Geo game, but it is clearly aping that style. Um, so maybe they just wanted to be like, let's stay out of the way while these games hit the market. Yeah. I don't know, but still a few things to pick up on Switch this week. Uh, what of this, what on here uh, speaks to you? I'm interested in, actually, I'm interested in both of them. I'm uh, both Has Been Heroes and Snake Pass. Oh, I thought you were talking about Cube Life. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, I think more interested in Snake Pass only because after the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze episode, we had that great David Wise Donkey soundtrack. Donkey Kong Country Tropical oh Freeze. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I just don't know anymore. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. There we go. <laughs> uh, and the great David Wise soundtrack, and mm-hmm. he's doing the soundtrack for Snake Pass. So that's a, that's a selling point for me. Yeah, um, I'll want to spend or I'll want to like see more video of um, Snake Pass when it comes out. Uh, but yeah, I'm I think I'm excited for that game. It looks really cute. Like you said, the uh, um, music seems great. Um, and I don't know the the control. It's again very like physics based. Very approach this however you deem appropriate. 
um, which is just kind of how I want to engage with the Switch um, at this point. At this point with it, um, I don't think I'm going to get into Has Been Heroes. Um, I don't totally understand it. Um, it's like a lane-based roguelike. What's the end of that sentence? Like RPG? Yeah, I think so. Like some, yeah. It looks cute. The premise is nice. The uh, early impressions slash reviews haven't been bad, but they haven't been awesome. Right. And with my playtime kind of like limited. Yeah, if you're gonna pull me away from Zelda, <laughs> yeah, gotta... it has to be like really worth it. Yeah. Um, and then Pocket Rumble, which won't come out. I'm very disappointed. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's a real bummer. Uh, all right, well, great. Let's move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of our show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of 4.33. Mark, let's talk about what we're going to generously call versus movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is any time you've got... It's, it's like a, a team-up. It's like the opposite of a team-up movie. Yeah. Uh, so It's a team down. It's a... Mm, <laughs> All right. What's your favorite? What's your favorite team down? Uh, I mean, they're all kind of varying degrees of bad, right? Okay, so we're talking about Freddy versus Jason. Right. We're talking about Batman Al- versus Superman. Alien versus Predator. Right. Uh, they're setting up this like Kong versus Godzilla thing. Right. So that that's why you want to talk about this is that you saw Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. which I have been calling Kong of Skull Island no. for a long time. Wrong. <laughs> It's not, he's not from, uh, where of this, the Skull Island Kongs? <laughs> Introducing Kong of, of Skull Island. Uh, so, first of all, how is Kong? It's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Um, but you like the most recent Godzilla, yeah? I mean, I liked them both. I would say they both have the same problems where it's like when Godzilla's on the screen, when Kong was on the screen, I'm way into it. And then as soon as the humans start talking, you just want to like shout at the screen. We get it. We get it. You're scared. Yeah. It the just... monster's too big. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah. Um, what does, are, does it add anything to either movie knowing that they're going to come in contact with each other? No. <laughs> okay, so I, in general, we would say that Mark is for or against versus movies. I'm for them in theory. Uh-huh. Here's what I think is dumb about them. Please. I think the only one that... Uh, so they get them right when they're villains. Right? They get it right with Freddy versus Jason, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, they're just going to fight each other. Right. They get it right. And when a it's, lot of people are going to die. Yeah. And they yeah. get it right when it was Alien versus Predator. I mean, you know, get it right. Right. In it's enormous not, quotes. <laughs> right. It's not a good movie, but there's nothing not entertaining about Alien versus Predator or Freddy versus Jason. But yeah. Oh, totally. But I feel like Batman v Superman is a great example of where Kong and V Godzilla is going to go. Yeah. Where it's a 
like okay for the first like third of the movie or whatever they're going to hate each they're going to like fight but then they're going to team up to beat an even bigger foe it's like i don't need that nonsense with kong and godzilla you just want them to fight each other yeah and i don't even know if i want it that much because they're both like good guys (laughs) what do you have like a, a a dream um movie team down like if if you could match up so let's 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 do villains. Let's just do straight up villains. Okay. Okay. Um so let's and let's not uh let's ignore any like intellectual property assumptions or mm-hmm. like who owns what. But what are two villains uh from cinema that you would like to see battle each other? Uh hmm. I mean, I would like to see just a battle royale of Alan Rickman characters. Okay, sure. That would, that would right, like Snape versus uh, Hans Gruber. That'd be entertaining. Versus uh, the jerk husband from Love, Love Actually. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the world of cinema's greatest villain. Yeah. I, hey, <laughs> he's, oh, yeah. he's the biggest villain in that movie, right? Um, this, uh, this performance of 433 is going off the rails here. <laughs> The conduct. Sorry to interrupt this, but the conductor is like talking to the audience now, giving someone a recorder. I'm gonna just turn this down while we <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Let me think. Hmm. Um. I think you get any of those Disney villains going against each other. Oh yeah. Or even like a battle royale thereof. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, Ursula versus uh Scar. Great. That would be. That would be great. Um, yeah, I don't, I, 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 oh, wait, well, is, wait, is that the end? It's hard to tell. No, <laughs> no, it's still going. It's still going. So we will know. Oh, we will know. Oh, <laughs> finally. Uh, I just feel like a- any of these versus movies, I'm just not that into. And there we go. And there we go. That's the, that was 433. We were <laughs> accompanied today by the Brandon Moore saxophone ensemble. Um, I've got to say, not a fan of that 433. No, it's, you know what? We've done a couple good 43, uh, 433s on this, and uh, hey, that just wasn't one of them. <laughs> okay, let's get into our real topic for the, for the day, the Splatoon 2 test fire. Loved it. Oh, okay, great. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Uh, no, happened um, six times over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I was able to play twice. How about you? I was able to play twice as well. Um, got in on that first one, mm-hmm. uh, noon on Friday. Um, I saw that you were playing it a little bit from uh, in handheld mode. Yeah. Away from your TV, away from your home. That's right. It um, worked great. Yeah. I didn't have any problems. I, d- I also did not have any problems. Um, were you playing at work? No, I, I uh, work close enough to my home or I live close enough to my office <laughs> that I'm able to come home for lunch. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so I, I came home, and uh, I was making some food and was like, oh, yeah, test fire. Um, and so I started playing it in handheld mode, um, did two matches uh, while I was in the kitchen, um, and then um, came back to the TV and slapped it in the dock and played a couple more with the pro controller. I'm interested in your overall impressions because you played a lot of Splatoon, a lot more of Splatoon on the Wii U yeah. than I ever did. And so I'm, did you play the Switch with the motion controls? Yes. Oh, okay. I turned those off first thing. Right. And I know a lot of people do that. I like the 
um, just like the finicky little fine tuning with it. Um, and I, it's so sensitive. Like if you move the controller at all, the camera is like, wah, wah! Um, but I don't know. There, there's something that it gives a precision for me that I don't normally get uh, when I play shooters because I'm just not that good at them. Um, so like, you know, my thumbstick skills aren't as tight as they probably should be to be playing an online competitive shooter. Um, but I don't know, like the, those training wheels help me enjoy the experience. So it's hard to draw super uh, specific conclusions yeah. based on the test fire. Mm -hmm. um, but just overall, what did you think compared to Splatoon? Uh, I, good. I mean, I, I think it looks better than um, Splatoon did. I, I can't be certain, but I, it felt like it was running at a higher frame rate. Um, just like everything felt smoother and uh kind of more reliable um and i i know that some of this is uh what i'm about to say is um you know could have been stuff that was added to the original splatoon later um but the weapon variety uh felt really good i love love those dual splatties oh man me too oh man like jump in like that that dive that comes along with it i was a roller guy initially yeah. And I think that is a common Splatoon instinct to be like, oh, roller, obviously. Um, but then, like, you kind of learn it's not as powerful as you think it is. Yeah, well, I, I'm terrible with the sniper rifle. Yeah. Or w with the... Uh, the charge shot. Yeah, the, the charge... Or, like, the... Yeah, the squid equivalent. Yeah. And uh, the regular... The standard gun was is just kind of, like, not that interesting to me. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel... I, d I didn't feel like I was wielding it very well. And so I played a few matches with the roller. And and I believe that's what I had played when I played Splatoon. Yeah. Because it was what I was most comfortable with. But then after playing with the dual splatties, I, I, it clicked for me. I really liked the dual splatties a lot. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's interesting to note how much... How much, how different it feels to be controlling, or how different it controls to play the game with these four different loadouts. Um, how are you? Um, how do you like the like the, whatever they're called, the special moves where you click in the R stick, um, and how they were different between the various loadouts? Yeah, uh, again, like I think the dual splatties one was my favorite when you get kind of a hover ability. Right, it's basically when you're raining Mario bombs Sunshine. down on. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the full game if the dual splatties are as powerful as they are in this test. Thought fire. they were a little OP in, in this? Or? Yeah, a little bit. Or at least I felt best when I was wielding those. Yeah, I mean, I think that may just be that you found your weapon. Like, you found your loadout. Um, this is one of the things uh, about Splatoon that I think uh, is, sets it uh, apart from other games like it is that you don't select um, a weapon and then a sidearm and uh, a special weapon. You, you get a loadout. So, like, the splatties come with, you know, the... Oh, was it the remote mine grenade? The one that's like a Roomba with paint in it? Uh, no, it was it I think regular? that's the roller. It might have been the roller. Um, the roller is... The roller's, like, um, special attack is, like, a curling ball thing that okay, like slides yeah. yeah um so yeah all of those loadouts oh um, wait no that might not be true that might be the dual splat i thought it was yeah i think you're right um because that's what i played most but also i'd you know i'd get it crossed in my head with all the actual splatoon that i uh played a couple of years ago um 
but yeah, I I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I really liked the sort of meta game that was wrapped around the original Splatoon, um, with like the single player mode and the uh kind the lobby and sharing um pictures with other people. There was a cool kind of like culture that sprouted up around that. Um, and you know, obviously, we'll have to wait to see what Nintendo is actually going to do around this uh, 4v4 um, kind of basic game. But it seems like all the guts are all there. Like, it's still Splatoon. It still feels good. Um, and it's still exciting. Um, did you get yourself in any games where, like, uh, a player dropped out and you were, you know, playing, like, a lopsided three-on-four or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, that happened a lot on both sides, where, like, it yeah. would be... Like, sometimes my team would have one down or the other team would have one down. Um, I wonder if that's stuff that they are able to iron out during the test fire um, or if that's actually just people starting to play a match and then, like, just quitting on it or something. Yeah, because the test fires are so short, it's not like a, a general beta where it's, like, three, like a, for a weekend, you yeah. can play Splatoon 2 multiplayer. It's, like, hour chunks at a time. It makes me wonder if it's more of a stress test than like yeah. a balancing oh yeah I, I i definitely don't think it's balancing i i think um that nintendo <clears throat> nintendo's got this thing about as well balanced as as they're going to um and the the test fire is really to just see if the network holds up um and sort of just to like get people excited about it too um so that that was going to be my my question to you is how effective do you think this strategy because like there's no other splatoon one did this but like no other game has done a test fire like this where there's one hour happens six times in a weekend um where where you can do that um does it uh does it make you more excited did you see excitement from other people yeah i feel like it's almost more effective than a demo Mm -hmm. or a regular because for those hours, yes. your social media feed is just flooded yeah. with people playing Splatoon 2 because that's the only chance they're going to get to do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't have an opportunity to play the original Splatoon. Absolutely. I mean, I only played a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. At and, my I, house and I and I liked yeah. it, but it wasn't enough to make me go out and buy a Wii U. Yep. But I'm very excited for it on Switch because I had so much fun playing this test fire. Yeah. Like when it was the hour was over, I it was like a bummer that well, I couldn't keep going. I, I saw you didn't you stay on for a little bit? Yeah. So the... like on the first one on Friday, uh-huh. uh it was supposed to end uh it was Pacific time from noon to one PM and it was like one fifteen before they finally like had kicked it. Well, they said, "Okay, Mark, you, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to go back to work." Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're able to get like a few more, as able to get a few more matches in, and I could have just kept going. And that was with two maps. Yeah, and like one song. Yep. <laughs> I look. I know it's repetitive, and it uses all kinds of weird sounds. I love it. I love the music in this game. It, uh, that song was so good. And at the end, when like the one minute, yeah, thing comes down, and like the weird like gobbledygook like choir starts yep, singing yep. Uh, yeah it kind of reminded me of uh uh bob the uh, outcast song <laughs> yeah it's okay. pretty great <laughs> um i love the uh the music cue um at the end when it's totaling uh like yeah and then just like with those fat cats yep 
It's a, I mean, the, the very little has changed in the, the presentation of the game in that regard. Like, um, the, the way it totals, like the good guys and the bad guys and, you know, that they both kind of creep up together and then it just smashes, you know, whichever direction, uh, that you won. Um, like that's all the same as it was on, on the Wii U, but I kind of don't care at all. Like it's such an effective method of presenting that information that like I'm going to give them a pass on repackaging repackaging it for Splatoon 2. I mean, I know they're calling it Splatoon 2, but I think it's telling that in all the previews and like the little glimpses that we saw before uh yeah, like the actual announcement, everybody just assumed that it was a remaster of the original like uh Mario Kart is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it definitely has that where you're like, oh, I guess here's a cosmetic difference and here's a cosmetic difference. But also, like, these two, the two levels that we saw, um, they're not levels from the original Splatoon. Um, and they both feel great. Like, they're both really nicely balanced um, maps. Um, and I, I'm anxious to see what other... Because th- there were a couple duds in the, um, in the original Splatoon as far as maps are concerned. Um, I feel like that's inevitable yeah, in a multiplayer probably. game. I'm just trying to think of like any game. Even like Call of Duty 4 has some like yeah. ones where you're like, "Oh gosh, why this? Why why are we doing this?" <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I mean, Splatoon probably actually has a higher percentage of maps that uh are fun. Um actually now that I'm thinking about it, any game where uh there are a bunch of choices like I only really want to play on like two different maps. Um, yeah, that, that that's really it. But the, Splatoon has more, I think. One thing playing j- just this test fire it, that's interesting to me, and I'm assuming the original Splatoon was like this as well. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we see in a super popular game like Overwatch is that there are you don't have to be a great precision sh- like shot. Yes. To have fun and to be good at this game. Because in the mode that the test fire is, you like you get points by just uh like getting paint everywhere. Yes. You know, so like mm-hmm. you so you can still like feel like you're contributing without it's not like Call of Duty where it all just basically comes down to how many people can you kill. And how few times can you be killed. Yeah, yeah the uh and, and the Turf War is always like the the default mode of um of Splatoon and any any other game modes are sort of offshoots from it. Um and no matter what the amount of uh turf that you ink um it, it that serves your team in like a real meaningful way. You move through the course faster when uh it's painted your color. Um you can charge up and get ink, which is basically your ammunition in this game faster if you've painted the whole area um so yeah that's it's almost more not almost it is more important how much ground you ink um than how many people you kill what was it like uh using you played a little bit in handheld mode yeah so how was that compared to the wii u like Uh, the wii u game tablet sure i mean uh yeah whatever we want to call it (laughs) Game box. Um, game box. Game box. She would have Game box. I mean, it was about the same. Um, other than so, the the one thing that uh, the one area where the 
Wii U version of this game does is is better or that I think that I like more um is that you have the map on your on the gamepad at all times and anytime you want to jump somewhere on the map you just tap it and Oh, that seems really nice. Yeah, and in this game, you have to push X to bring up the map, which then takes up the whole screen, and then you can choose um, your uh, other uh, the other players. Wait, you can do that. You. you can do that at any time. It's not just when yes. after you died. Didn't know that. You can do that at any time, and any time that you accidentally push X because you've been pushing that to jump in Breath of the Wild for the last three weeks, and it brings up the map. <laughs> um, I did a lot of playing this game with the map accidentally up on my screen for a second going, oh, man, <laughs> and fixing it. Um, but, like, as far as motion controls and everything go, mm-hmm. it felt... It felt good to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, this is someone who plays Splatoon with the motion controls on, so feel free to... Uh, well, and you also enjoyed Mario Kart Wii with the motion controls. Mario Kart Wii, yes. Wii U, no. Um the, there was something very like novel about playing Mario Kart Wii with with the motion controls, and ju- that was just sort of like the way my friends and I were playing it. Um, you know, you have four Wii remotes, and so that's just kind of how we did it. Um, but I'm I'm also like I'll never go back to motion controls for Mario Kart. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, d- you you said you turned off motion controls r- right away. Yeah, immediately as soon as I could, and I I just don't like. Using motion controls for aiming. Yeah. Uh, I liked it on the Wii with, like, the reticule, you know, like, uh-huh. Resident Evil 4 style. Right. Like, pointing, I'm I'm fine aiming that way, but I really don't like using the gyroscope to do it. Yeah. It that's, feels, it, like, like, out of control for, yeah. to, for me, where it's just, like, it's not doing what I want it to do. That's so interesting, because I think I feel the exact opposite that like if there's a reticle and I'm controlling it like pointer style. And I don't know if that's because uh, I, I think that I've played a lot more first person shooters on like, like destiny and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Definitely. And so I, so I just don't know if like two dual analog controls for shooters like make more sense to me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm good at like, you know these games Look, like mark and i are world-class first-person shooter players yeah and if you haven't learned that by now right this is why we started a nintendo podcast absolutely <laughs> yeah so but I, I so i don't know if that's like why i immediately default to dual analog and if i gave motion controls a chance that i'd be like oh yeah this is actually superior yeah and i mean even when i am using it with the motion controls i am still doing 95 percent of the controlling with the two thumbsticks it's just sort of like the up and down and just the like the refinements i understand waving this thing around it's it's really for you know when i'm like strafing around and i want to like make sure that i'm keeping my uh reticles on my opponent then that's me just kind of like tilting the controller a little bit more huh uh I'm going to be honest, I don't think I was trying, I've ever tried it that way. I think I was using it as like, yeah, like trying to like move the whole thing around. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, earlier I said it's, it's sensitive, but like, if you're trying to do full, like rotating, you know, even as much as like as little as 90 degrees, like it takes a huge motion to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm just talking about like fine tuning the, uh, the aim and then like the up and down axis. Um, as well but the game doesn't really ask you to do too much um on like that z plane it's all kind of x and y one thing i really was impressed 
And I continue to be impressed whenever I'm playing the Switch in handheld mode and then docking it is just how much fun it is to be able to take the games with you if you want to take it with you. Yeah. Like, it seems like such an obvious selling point, and it it clearly is for the Switch. But Mm -hmm. once you actually get to do it, it feels so weird that you can't with like the PS4. It's it's a bigger deal than it seems like it than it is, right? Like right, because in the marketing you're like, oh, this is so obvious, right? But then in doing it, you're like, oh, this changes my life. This is so cool. Um, I was kind of relieved or just excited to have another like Nintendo AAA experience. Um, you know, I, I've been playing a lot of games on the Switch, but it's other than Zelda, all kind of littler games or indie games um, or Neo Geo games. Um, and it's, it, you know, nice to have like another, you know, fully realized 3D world um, with like actual modern gameplay in it. Um, it's sort of like the proof of concept that like there is, this thing isn't just Zelda. There's more that the system has to offer. I totally agree. It's like once that, uh, once Splatoon, the test fire started, it was like you realized what the Switch was missing in a way. Yeah. And that's why I'm even more excited now for Mario Kart. Yeah. It's, I, I was thinking about that. Is it weird that they didn't do like a Mario Kart test fire? Like, or whatever you would call it. Um, that like Mario Kart is clearly a bigger draw than Splatoon is. Um, but you know, that they were like, here's what we're doing to like stress test the network. And um, as like a, a little sample kind of demo of something that you can play right now. Um, and that that's for Splatoon, which, you know, is, isn't going to be out until the summer, late summer, right? Yeah, I, I think you're right that this also just worked as a marketing tactic. Uh-huh. And that's why they did it, because Splatoon is very popular in Japan. Yep. And... You know, so that's a great incentive for people to pick up a Switch to be like, hey, at the end of the month, you'll get a, te- a taste yeah. of the sequel to this game we all really love. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, earlier that, uh, you know, social media became sort of a, a flood of um, Splatoon stuff during the test fires. But like that is admittedly in our like... Uh, kind of Nintendo bubble, right? Of um, where our networks are full of other people who are interested in Nintendo things. Um, do you think this makes a or made a splash outside of those spheres at all? Or um, if people playing other games even have that on their radar? I think it's hard to it's hard to say because it is just a not even a full fledged beta, right? I, I think if. If anything, what it did was somebody who hadn't played Splatoon but had heard about it and now has a Switch, which let's remember, there's not a ton of them out here. That's true. At this point. Um, But they had a Switch. They were able to try it and just like positive word of mouth. Yeah. Really? Like get other, talk to other people about it. Maybe somebody who hasn't heard of Splatoon at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wonder if they even needed to do a stress test at all, or if they were just like, meh, we did one of these for the first Splatoon, let's just do it again. Let's- yeah, I mean, like, like you brought up, they haven't done one for Mario Kart, nope. and that'll be the first real test of the Switch's online capabilities. Yeah, and I mean, Mario Kart's just a little over a month away. And well, that being said, for me, you know, this worked seamlessly. The How do you mean The seamlessly? Splatoon, as in, like, there was no 
I never had any hiccups with like the Wi-Fi. I was always connected well during the games. Mm-hmm. It didn't there didn't seem to be any lag or anything. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. Um and that no lag, that's kind of a big deal. Um I feel like even when I play something like Overwatch, I experience a little bit of It'll be really interesting. I'm sorry, go ahead. Lag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see when Mario Kart comes out how friends and adding yes. friends and mm-hmm. getting friends into a group like how all that stuff is going to work yeah and like how far you have to back out to oh man the original splatoon if you wanted to change your loadout you had to go like all the way back to basically log out of the um like battle arena and then like go all the way back in um so it would be nice if uh you know while it's matching you up you could be like oh i want to play this and I, out. I and I guess I haven't played the game enough to really form a full opinion on it. But to me, I one thing I didn't understand was why I couldn't just change on the fly. Like in the match, if I was like oh, playing sure. as the sniper and then I died, why not while I was waiting to be revived, just like be like, okay, I'm now I'm going to switch to the roller. Right, because that is a feature of something like Overwatch. Um, and you don't even have to die to switch in Overwatch. You can just go to a little terminal and switch your character out. Yeah, and it's not like it looks like it's not like there's a balancing reason for that to happen because you could you can have any combination of right loadouts. Yeah, I mean it. It will be very interesting to see what um the skeleton around um the guts of this game and uh, end up looking like and what what kind of options were afforded how much customizability of the uh of your inklings appearance there's going to be if you can you know have team lobbies i like they're positioning this thing to be more of like an esports title so i'm guessing that there's that it's going to be savvier in that regard right like i don't know that we've seen nintendo try to put out an esports game in the past um and the original Splatoon is sort of recognized as that sort of after the fact. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that Nintendo actually incorporates into Splatoon 2. And I want a cool single-player mode. The single-player in the original was neat. Um, it, it was almost like a, a Galaxy-esque, like Mario Galaxy-esque um, series of, of courses. Um, but like it was a little light, um, but I loved it. I mean, I, I played all the way through that campaign. I think twice. Um, w- was there any like story attached to it, or was it purely just like level up after level after? I mean, we know my stance on story, which is I don't really care about it. Right. So, so there's like a couple hour long cutscenes. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> no, it's yeah. it, it's actually the Nintendo way. Right, the Nintendo way. Um, it's actually has a lot of um like passive and environmental storytelling where you get kind of dumped into um a larger world that has been a lot like breath of the wild actually a world that has been ruined um and you get like little hints about like what the world was and how it came to fall um it it's super effective and evocative in in that way so it sounds like it's prime for a Gears of War style third person shooter reboot That's where you I'm like saying. where yeah. you live through the <laughs> downfall of the Splatoon world the <laughs> the Inkling Wars Christopher Nolan presents the Inkling Wars I'm Inkling <laughs> um I 
the uh oh i forget what they're called now the bad guys they're like octo something oh interesting yeah i didn't know any of this i didn't know any of this lore existed yeah well i've uh, I won't talk about it anymore because um, it's so fun to discover or was so fun to discover in the first Splatoon game. I'm hoping that the second... One of the cool things that the that the first game did was you um, could pick up these little scrolls in every map um, that gave you a little piece of the history uh, of the war between these uh, squid and octopus creatures. And this is in the first person? This, this or is, sorry, the uh, single player mode? That's correct. Um, and it's all written in this uh, inkling language, right? So, like, you can't read any of it. But um, there are just, like, all these, like, drawings and, like, cuts out, cutouts from magazines and stuff. It's very, it feels like a, 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 like, found footage history lesson of, like, here's a primary source uh, from this weird war that went down. Um, and you just sort of, like, piece it together. And it is kind of a dark story. But like not in any real way that you had to like contend with or like reckon with. It's just a, a cool little flavor to the game. Yeah, that is really neat. I di- I didn't know any of that existed. Yeah, I'm. Oh man, I'm excited about Splatoon. Yeah, I, I I I'm really excited for Splatoon too. Um, late summer can't get here early enough. Late summer can't, can't get, get here. here. I stayed up so late watching Project Runway too finale <laughs> it's okay mark uh so so we're saying excited about uh, splatoon 2 um we're saying uh what 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 else are we saying i i'm interested to see um how well the game works uh or how it works with two switches in the same room um if like you and i are hanging out together if we um can always be on a team together or if we can do like one-on-one matches against each other, or I don't find one-on-one matches all that fun usually. I'm just curious about what that what that suite is, um, and like what what the experience in the room could be. You know? Yeah. Uh, how was the matchmaking in Splatoon? Uh, like, could you make good. teams? Could you like could you get a group of your friends together? And so you could you could get a group of friends together um but like there is no chat in it and that we'll find out what the chat solution is um at some point uh for this thing but like if you were going to play this game with your friends you had to you know call them or text them and uh work that out ahead of time um but it was it was reliable in its matchmaking it just you know not not the most robust um suite of features for for doing that sort of thing um which is a bummer and it would be nice to see uh that improved in this game Uh, it's it's weird that they that that's part that that isn't part of the test fire right that they're like all we're really sampling here is just what the game is and not the any of the features of the game um i do think it's possible that we see another test fire um in a couple months, uh, but I, I would guess it's almost exactly the, the exact same thing that we saw this last weekend. Yeah, that would make sense to me. Like in June or something. Yeah, just get hype again. Totally. All right, let's move out of the segment. Uh, I think that's going to mostly 
finish up this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you uh, if you have any questions for us or uh, any of your... We'd love to hear your impressions of Splatoon 2 um, or any of the other games coming out on this thing in the weeks and months ahead. You can send all of your emails to Nintendo, <coughs> Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, Mark, anything else we need to uh, we need people to email us? We're already going to get a lot of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still getting split spoilers. Thanks, we've seen it. Um, and uh, and then just just any of your impressions about? Uh, well, do you know what I haven't seen? And I've heard a lot about this, like ending is life it's like jake gyllenhaal yeah uh ryan reynolds rebecca ferguson movie okay and i'd love to know what the ending of that is okay so if you've got life spoilers now mind you this is spoilers for the movie life and not spoilers about how mark's life ends please we want that to be a surprise. <laughs> Email those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, and then you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Nincart Society. And you can check out the Facebook page, which, of course, is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you have a minute, we would love for you to rate, review, and uh, share. What was the other thing? Rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe. On iTunes, which, of course, you're doing the day this episode comes out, which is Tuesday morning. <laughs> Um, and, uh, check out other shows on the What's a Creative Podcast Network. They're all good. Um, Caitlin's show, The, uh, Conspiracy Lizard People, uh, it's a show about conspiracy theories, um, just did a, uh, 9-11 was, uh, uh, an inside job episode, which is, uh, a drama wherein she is kidnapped by, um, well, I'll, I'll let, uh, th- check it out. It's very good. <laughs> Um, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our conversations about comic books on retconpunch.com. Uh, Olivia Duncan made our logo, and our music is composed and performed by 8 Betty. You can check out more of 8 Betty's music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, stay fresh. Thanks for listening. Network.